You're listening to the Slaying Self-Doubt Podcast with Coach Felicia, where we empower Black women to overcome their doubts, fears, and insecurities in order to give birth to their God-given purpose. Join me and sometimes some of my friends on our journey as we remind you that you are not alone. I'm Felicia Wallace, and together we will find our fears and slay them. Welcome back to another episode of the Slant Self Doubt Podcast. I am here with Kai Petty, the founder and creative director for Fifth and Wellshire. Welcome, Kai. Hey. How are you? How are you? I'm well. I'm so excited to be here. I am. I can't wait to share my story with your listeners, and I hope that it resonates well. Yes, yes, yes. I'm excited. So, um, you told. So usually, I tell people like how how we met and how um and like how we got here right and so you were telling me that you actually was listening to me y'all this time I wasn't stalking somebody else because normally I'd be stalking people and I'd be like oh oh let me see okay all right and the Lord be like that one that one um so this time the Lord put it on your heart to come to me so yay me. yay <laughs> <laughs> um so um this is one of those things about when you do your work right like the people who are supposed to find you will and that is the way the Lord works. So I'm grateful that you are a listener of the, the podcast and that you wanted to share your journey on here um, so that someone can resonate with you. Um, I told you earlier when uh, I didn't realize you were from the DMV area or oh, from Prince George's County. Remember y'all, it's a difference. Um, <laughs> because I was like, Fifth and Wilshire sounds very like New York somewhere up there. Like I just, I just knew. Um, so before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started? Sure. So I am as well, as you will soon know that I am a fashion designer um, by by God, I'm going to say that. Yes. <laughs> it's something that I had I was kind of born into. My mm. mom was a seamstress. My grandfather was a tailor for oh, wow. military. So I've been around it like my mom was making my clothes when it wasn't cool to have your clothes made. And so like <laughs> it, it's just been it's been in me and around me um, my entire life. So what I wanted to do was I always knew that it was going to be fashion, but I wasn't sure exactly how. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go to design school or just kind of learn from the trade, you know, like mm-hmm. follow my mom and stuff like that. And so kind of I did a little bit of both. Um, and so I did attend um, Fashion Institute of Technology. I took some continuing education courses because I did learn a lot from my mom and understanding. But, you know, home sewing is a little different than actually yeah you know, getting into the business right. of manufacturing clothes. Right, 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 you know? right. And so a little bit about me, I actually am a mom, uh, a wife. I am a mom of two. I have a 17-year-old son, soon to be senior. Oh. I have a 10-year-old daughter um, who's all about cheer life. So I'm a cheer mom on oh. top of that. So if anybody knows that, you know what that's what that struggle is like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I actually have a full-time job. I what am the- a, Yep. <laughs> I am actually, I'm a federal government worker, like most people in the DMV. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Um, And so what I tell people is like right now, that's what's paying the bills. Um, But the goal is to transition into Fifth and Wellshire full time. Yes. Listen, let's speak that into existence. Y'all hear that? She trying okay fifth and wilshire full time we all right that's that's what we doing we speak it into existence right here on the show so when it happens you can come back and be like y'all Absolutely. Uh, this is this is where we at. I love that. So um, thank you for sharing that. Like the fact that you're how is that like your mom's a seamstress, your father was a tailor. Like 
and then you like like you said it is over it was already ingrained in you like that is that's such a great story like I listen I know how to like sew some socks together maybe a button or something like that but that's about as far as it goes no I get it so like growing up were you were you like like at what point did you realize this is what I'm supposed to be doing so I really think probably like I'll, I'll say like to be honest like the beginning in the beginning as a as you know when they say what do you want to be when you grow up like this, the first my first answer was like a pediatrician mm-hmm. and then um then that kind of switched to I want to deliver babies and then I actually saw a baby <laughs> being born and I was like okay well never mind I don't want to do that but like even with that like design was always there I was always sketching stuff like I, I still have some of my like drawings and sketches from when I was like 10 years old. Yes. I definitely evolved since then. But um, honestly, it's just, it's kind of always been there. Like I, I didn't have a, really have a choice. Like my mom, like the whole living room turned into a sewing room all the time. So it was like mm. always, either somebody there coming for alterations, getting dresses made or whatever. Yeah. So it was just, it was literally living in it all the time. Wow, wow, wow. So as you are, were doing this and as you tra- are transitioning, how has self-doubt showed up in your journey? Oh man, self-doubt has shown up, showed out, and it's still showing up and showing <laughs> out, okay? So honestly, like I was very nervous because I didn't finish school. I didn't finish fashion school. I didn't finish, um, I didn't graduate from college like I have. And so I always felt intimidated Mm. going into these meetings and stuff because I felt like, well, am I going to understand the language or are they going to look at me funny because I didn't finish and I don't, and I didn't go intern for Tommy Hill figure with Donna Karen, you know what I mean? And I just, I always second guess myself from Mm. a teenager to present day. Like there's still times, like I've had an opportunity, amazing opportunity, um, as a new brand to launch my, um, my brand um with the cfda which is the council of fashion designers of america mm-hmm. so for those of for those of you that don't know the cfda is like the end-all be-all for fashion in the, yeah. in the states and so they're like up there with vogue oh. and so um that i had that opportunity and even going in to the opportunity like i'll i'll tell you how bad it was and this was just not even a year ago right um i met with the uh, director of events at CFDA and she was just like oh I love your stuff she's also from Maryland by the way so that Uh helped (laughs) so um not gonna lie that definitely helped (laughs) and so she you know she was just like I feel like there should be more Marylanders in the fashion industry because we just don't have a lot of there's not a lot of us here Mm -hmm. and so and she was just like you know if you want to get on the calendar like as in New York Fashion Week bridal market calendar she's like you know let me know And so in my mind, I did not process what she was saying to me. Like, I literally was like, okay, well, let me know when the shows are and I can make sure I can come. And she looked like she had this strange look on her face. She was like, no, I mean, like actually be on the calendar, (laughs) like yourself, like your brand. And so self-doubt, it's really, it's a confidence thing, I think, Mm -hmm. major major confidence thing. And then feeling guilty for not actually finishing school. But what I've learned though, half of the people that are really winning in this industry actually didn't go to fashion school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and even then fashion school, talking to the, to my friends that actually did finish fashion, fashion school and they did intern for the big names. It didn't. And they only had their own brands. It didn't teach them what they needed to launch. Mm-hmm. A so it didn't even prepare them for what? Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
And so what do you what do you do in those moments that um, like what are some practical things that you do when you feel that coming up? So like when she offered you to get well, first, let's find out that when she said, no, I want you on a calendar. Did what did that what what did you do with that information? (laughs) So at first, like I said, I didn't understand what she was saying. Then when I got it, it was an immediate yes. Right. Because it's one thing that I did learn. Um, out of all of this is even say yes regardless if the opportunity presents itself (laughs) say yes and figure it out later right and I I literally was in that moment of like yes oh I would love to and what that made me have to do is like really at like expedite my entire process like it out like three months of what I thought I had Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then brought it down to one month and so um yeah I mean that's it in, that's pretty much what that did in that moment. But in any self-doubt moment or moment of self-doubt, like I have, I remind myself all the time and she actually reminded me, she was just like, you have to get over this imposter thing that you don't belong in these rooms because you would never be in a room that you don't belong in. Mm. And if you mm. can't say that again, you'll never be in a room that you don't belong in. Ooh. And <laughs> like that really hit me. And she just really spoke that to spoke that in me and I felt it like so mm. much so that I got emotional because I told her I was just like it's just been such a struggle you know getting to this point independently one being a black woman to being black period right, <laughs> right, right right in this industry and it's just extremely hard um and so I remind I, I literally say that to myself whenever the self-doubt kicks in I'm like I, if I wasn't supposed to be on this call in this room in this meeting at this place it wouldn't be happening. Yeah. Yeah. That is that right there. When you said it, like that was, I was like, Ooh, you, you like, that's why I say, say it again. You will never be in a room. You don't belong there because everything happens for a reason. Right. And there are times when, like you say, say yes, you don't know why you're supposed to be there. It may not be for the actual, I think sometimes we expect it if we're in a situation, we're supposed to get all the things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, if God put me here, then that means I'm supposed to win. No, sometimes it may be a lesson in patience. It may be a lesson in confidence. It may be a lesson in community or, you know, connection or networking or whatever. You don't know what it is, but there is a purpose for you to be there. And I think just being open to the opportunities allows whatever that is to be able to do that. And shout out to the women in these industries who are pouring into people when they see it. A lot of times there's so many, and I've worked in, you know, like with organizations and like executive who, you know, that if somebody is a director or a leader in an organization, like that's a part of leading that when you see somebody's uncomfortability or you see somebody's um, insecurity kind of pop up is to pour into them versus they not ready. You know what I mean? Because that makes a world of a difference because even if you ain't ready, you still need to show up and you may not be ready in that moment, but that don't mean you're not going to be ready by the time it comes. Yep. You know, so that is, yeah, that is so on a regular day-to-day basis. So, um, when you're, you're reminding yourself that you are here for a reason, is there anything that you do like uh, um specifically like regular degular stuff like sometimes I have to dance it out when mm-hmm. I'm like <laughs> really like worked up I'd be like turn on some music mm-hmm. usually Murray or Beyonce is my go-to's mm-hmm. um and then I would just like dance it out and just like get that energy up off of me and then be like let's go we you know we got this is there any practical things that you do on a regular basis to get yourself 
um, out of that headspace because you and I both know that if you stay in it too long, Mm -hmm. it will delay every single thing that's meant for you. Yep. Yep. And I'm going to tell you, it's two things. So I go on a walk if it's uh, weather permitting. Mm -hmm. Um, That's my first go-to. I'll go on a walk and I'll listen to a podcast or I might put on some gospel music or anything like Mm -hmm. something that just gets me in the right mood. And I honestly, I talk out loud on these walks. Like I talk to myself like, girl, what are you doing? Like, you can do this. Like, it's really not that serious, you know? And I have the conversation with myself. That's one. And then two is I cry. Like I don't, so I don't, you know, share my emotions a lot, but when it starts to get heavy, I got to like, I will cry so that I I can lighten up. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. And listen. Mm-hmm. And once I cry it out, I'm just like, all right, cry, get yourself together and, and go. Like I had a manager years ago that she, it was just like, a, it was just a, a toxic environment, but she mm. was one that really helped me through. And she was like, look, I don't care what you got to do. Go outside, cry it out. And once you cry it out, we're going to get back in here. We're going to roll our sleeves up and get this work done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like that is kind of like what I take on. It's like, cry it out. All right, move on. Yeah. And I think some of that also what in the things that you shared, the practical things, the walking and talking about like and the crying it out. Um, I think that that isn't that that is our strength, too. Right. I think a lot of times when especially for us as black women, when people like, you know, we have this this unnecessary badge of honor, like we can carry it. I can I got this. You don't have to worry about like I'm going to be able to do it. And that isn't the most healthiest way for us to do this sometimes the strongest thing you need to do is to release it mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so that you aren't carrying it because then you're not even operating in your full self when you're trying to just carry all of that emotion we you have to understand what works for you you know like like you said walking some people is it's not walking some people's taking a drive right they need to just clear their mind sometimes that's what I would do I would just get in a car and um if I do have somewhere to go, like I may be like, oh, I need to go here Friday, but I'm gonna go now. And I just sit in silence. And then I, I I talk to myself. I talk to God. I pray. I have these conversations in my head. Even some I answer myself some, but that is my process to be able to get it out. Because otherwise, if I just let it sit, then I'm I'm second guessing everything. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that just makes things way 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 worse (laughs) unnecessarily so what have you learned about yourself doing this journey that you didn't know before oh I've learned most that I'm I'm tougher than I think Mm. um and I'm not as tough as I think (laughs) so I'm both because two things can be true right right exactly so, so what I learned is that you have to you know, I you in terms of like I'm not as tough as I think. I always thought like you know people can tell me stuff and it's cool. Like I'm not taking it personal, but in mm-hmm. in, in this industry, <laughs> it's it's so hard. Like you hear so many no's. I mean, so many no's. And it's and to be honest, it's a superficial industry to begin with. Mm. And when you hear things like, um, "Oh, your stuff is amazing. I love it. This, that, and the third. You're doing really good at this stage in the business, but you don't have enough followers." Hmm. you know like that type of stuff and in in a superficially it's like okay followers don't matter but in business yeah yeah it does at this mm-hmm. at this stage it really does because in the in the business world followers translates to sellability right exactly and so even though we know that that may or may not be true but from a business standpoint and a marketing standpoint it's all about valuation and are you worth the investment and all of that type of stuff and 
So that's that. That's where I thought I would I could handle it, but a lot of times I can't. I had yeah. a, I had an opportunity with a major retailer early on, and they actually reached out to me because they saw my stuff somewhere. And then when we got to it and we were talking and then they went back and talked to whoever they needed to talk to, they came back and it was a no. And they didn't necessarily say, they didn't specifically say it's because you didn't have followers, but I do have a mentor who used to be a buyer mm. and she basically told me what it translates to. And so, yeah. um, and, it, and I was that, like, Felicia, that it set me down for like a whole week. I was so sad. Mm. And to the point where I was just like, second guess and I was like what the heck maybe I'm not ready for this Hmm. but then once I cried and I got over myself and I and I really realized and even my mentor she was just like first of all that's that that's probably one of the best no's that you can get (laughs) because there it could be no we're not interested right right, right, thing is is no we want to keep an eye on you to see how well you'll do because she actually was like it's a gift and it was really dodging a, a bullet because had I taken on that opportunity and not been prepared, that would have been a whole nother set of issues. Exactly. Exactly. Later. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes um, that's so interesting because it's like the blessing can be in the no. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always mean no, never. It means no, not right now. You Absolutely. know what I mean? And then just the same way you said with the um, like knowing what it is that now you know what you need to do so then you may be focusing on one thing and it's Mm -hmm. like okay well if I know that okay we we say followers don't matter well for my brand and for my business they actually do then I need to be focused on how do I you know get more engagement and get more people and things of that sort you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. so then it allows you to kind of shift your thinking a little bit um but the fact that you are able to go through those different things and be able to see that that's another honesty moment. Like you said, like you can be both at the same time. Like I am strong, but I'm not strong enough for everything. And Mm -hmm. there will be things in this life that will break you. Right. And that's, and that's okay. You know, it's just about getting back up and what are you going to do the next time? And then how do you, recover from that dang day you know okay I wasn't ready or I don't have enough followers what is the next thing that I need to do so um as you have been talking about this and even before you know before this I you know was looking at your stuff and I'm like oh my goodness the like literally these designs are beautiful like I and I for me I'm like again I told you I can sew a sock and maybe a button um (laughs) and so when we talk about fifth and wheelshot first of all I gotta know where the name come from because I told you it 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 sounds prestige right like that is something that you like yes okay (laughs) yeah so fifth and wheelshire so the fifth the fifth and fifth and wheelshire it comes from the number five five is my favorite number Mm -hmm. I always tell people like if if we were to do like pick a number one through whatever, it's going to be five. Like Always. So, so, so don't even include me in the game. Cause I done told you what it is, but like, it's going to be five. And as I started doing like research about why am I so drawn to number five? And, and honestly, it, it, I was like, this is fate because when I was doing the research, it was like five is usually representative of love and marriage. And wow. so I was like, Oh, okay. So fifth. And so instead of saying five in Wilshire, cause that doesn't really flow. We went with fifth. The Welshire um, is actually the street that I grew up on. I grew up in Upper Marlboro, Maryland, um, off in um, a neighborhood called Windsor Park, (laughs) and the street is Welshire Drive. And so um, 
it's I, I liken it to like that's the place where my dreams were born where yeah. I learned everything that I learned and it's really just an homage to to where I grew up yes I love that I, it, it's so I'm always interested when you like certain things and like how names kind of come together especially when they because they have a meaning right and like you said you know exactly what it is and how you know the the correlation of what it is that you're doing and the name of it and the importance of it to you it is literally like is genuine right and versus some people just like oh we just picked the you know pick right. the name and kind of went from there yeah. um so let's talk about everything cab petty and fifth and wilshire what do you offer what do you do like who, let, let's go let's get into all of that Yes, let's get into it. So Fifth and Wellshire, the brand, it, it we provide um, contemporary, we like to say occasion wear now because based on feedback from people we are, in addition to bridal, we're going to offer some non-bridal focused pieces okay. next year. Yep. And so we cater to the, the sophisticated or like the fashionable minimalist that is interested in um, kind of looking like herself on her day. Like she's not necessarily into the pomp and circumstance of yeah. wedding. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's a space for that. Obviously there's a mm-hmm. space for that. But I think that there's also a space for the bride that just wants to be herself and look yeah. herself and doesn't want the fuss. So we cater to those women. We also cater to pre and post wedding events. A lot of that comes through like, oh, we're doing this for a bridal shower, whatever. I need something to wear. And what we found is that even coming up with the idea, what I found for planning my own wedding years ago is that we kind of leave those pre and post wedding events like to last minute. You don't think about it. So then it's like, you're running out last minute trying to find something that just happens to be white because most brides want to wear white at all of these events. Right. And depending on the time of the year, that may or may not be available. Mm -hmm. So, um, so we cater to that person as well. And like, what I like to, to tell people is like, I don't, I'm not just selling clothes. I'm really selling, I'm selling affordable luxury. I'm selling confidence. I'm selling exclusivity because we don't produce in big batches. Um, and, you know, versatility, because a lot of these things can actually be worn beyond the big day um, and convenience because, we, you know, you're not waiting six months to get your dress made or whatever the case. Yes. Be. So it, it's each each it, are these custom made dresses. So like, say mm-hmm. I wanted something for us, you know, uh, I don't know, like a vow renewal or something. Could I come to you and say, hey, this is what I'm envisioning. This is what I will want. And you create something specifically for me or is everything like whatever you create, that is, that's the only option. No. So that's what that we don't do custom yet. It is in the plan for the future. Um, but right now it is ready to wear. So okay. it's basically whatever is online or in the store, the, if speaking that into existence. Yes, so that's speaking into existence. In the store. That is what's available. Yes, yes. I love that. I love this the 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 simplicity of it, right? Like everything that, like you said, I've, I've seen the pictures. And so it very, it very, like, I can see so many different, I was like, oh, that's a, that's a bad suit just for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a photo shoot or just for a speaking engagement. It doesn't have to, like you said, like you think wedding and it's like big bridal dress, all these things, but being able to take that. And then what happens after you had a dress? Uh, I mean, right. I had, I have boys, so it was nothing I can do with myself. So I donated mine. Like I just, oh, <laughs> I was I couldn't do anything with it I was just like so I'll just donate it right like I wasn't going but something you know had I gotten something like that a nice pantsuit right I was like okay you know I can wear this again um 
And so, um, so in, in doing this and even in, you know, you talking about like the, uh, experiences of growing fifth and Wilshire and those things, where would you like to, like, what is it that you're, what is your hopeful fifth and Wilshire? We know full-time, you know, entrepreneurship and we know being in the stores, but where do you see fifth and Wilshire? I honestly see fifth and Wilshire as like a lifestyle brand. Like I really want to go beyond the special day. And I, we even put that in our about us pages and on everything that we do is, is for the day and beyond. Mm. And um, so we, we do have plans on stepping into like resort wear for technically would be honeymoon. Um, we have um, plans on maybe like later down the line shoes, but still, you know, ringing true to the brand itself. Yeah. But really like a lifestyle brand is what we're looking for. Like the, the next thing, one thing that is major, major, major that I definitely want to do and I just can't figure out how to do it or when to do it is I definitely, I want to partner with a nonprofit. I want to be able mm. to do things for women that necessarily, that can't necessarily afford this. Cause even though it's quote unquote affordable luxury in the fashion landscape, that's where we yeah. fall. But in the reality is most people still can't afford a $300 dress. And so um, um, I want to be able to give back in that way and, and partner with a nonprofit. Well, we put that out there and all of you listeners who are out here, yeah, listen, her, her information will be in the show notes. So if you are affiliated with a nonprofit, you are part of it, you own one, whatever it is, and you see the need and you know that there is a need for it. This this is your opportunity right here. If you was waiting for it, that see that's what happens. You speak it into existence, and you just never know, right? You literally never know what it is that God has in store for you, and what it is that you're supposed to at this time on this day in this hour. This is when you were supposed to say that because somebody is listening and being like, "Oh, you know what? I absolutely know how how to do that." So, at the at the beginning of this conversation, you said that you are a full-time mom full-time wife full-time entrepreneur and a full-time nine-to-five employee so one of the things that we talk about a lot um in just in this slang self-doubt and you know um the transition of wanting to go from nine to five to entrepreneurship or being in full-time entrepreneurship um and like I said in just sharing everybody's stories how have you been able to, I hate this word, and I, I really need to figure out a different word, but it's the only word that applies right now. How are you able, no, it is another word. How are you able to prioritize all of those things? I was going to say balance, but because that's not accurate. Yeah. Um, but how are you able, because a lot of people who are, especially in what it is that you're doing, right? Like it is literally prior to me, you know, um, leaving my job, I could do a podcast. I could probably have coached and also worked, right? Because it, the energy requires is different, but for creating and actually, you know, um, sewing and drawing and all of those things, like for people who had those type of, like that type of skill and those type of things that they need to be doing, how are you able to prioritize um, all the things that you are the full time of? <laughs> yeah. So two things. One is I tell people I have a nine to five and a six to midnight. <laughs> So like I well, that's facts. <laughs> <laughs> so I have two two jobs. I'm it's literally like maybe an hour or two in there to myself to kind of breathe. And I actually schedule it in. Like I'm like, okay, I usually take my nap 
from like five until six. And then I get up and I hit the ground running with Fifth and Wilshire stuff. Um, because the job that I have is actually not one of those good government jobs mm-hmm. where you don't have to do anything. I'm actually working <laughs> and I'm in a lead role. So Ooh. I'm really busy. Um, <laughs> but no, I do. I have a nine to five and a six to 10. Other than that, I do a lot of scheduling and I know myself well. I know that I, if I have too much, I'm going to get overwhelmed and nothing's going to get done. Yeah. Yeah. So I really just pick three things that I can get done in a day. Okay. That like absolutely have to get done. And then I schedule those in. And then I definitely have to shout out my husband. Cause to be honest, like I wouldn't be able to do none of this <laughs> without him helping. So shout out a to lot the husbands times, who are yes. really assistants. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Say that. Okay. Cause he, and he doesn't mind it. Let me yeah. say that. He yeah. doesn't mind it. Cause he, he sees the bigger picture and he's always like, well, we trying to build an empire. So I know that's right. Come on, husband. Yes. Yeah. So he does, um, we, we, he does drop-offs in the morning for school, um, for my daughter, my son can just walk, <laughs> but, um, I do pickups and my job has given me a lot of flexibility. Now only a handful of them know what I actually do on the side, mm-hmm. but like, <clears throat> um, for the most part, I get a lot of flexibility in terms of like, Hey, I have to run here or run there. And they're fine with that. As so long as I make up my time. Right. Yeah. Um, so it really, to answer the question is like, you kind of make it, nobody ever has time, but they just make it work right yeah you just take the time if you have to time block it which is what I do sometimes it'll be like okay from um six to eight I have to do this this and this and then I'm going to break for 30 minutes to eat or whatever I just need to do decompress mm-hmm. and then I'll pick it back up again and do something else yeah I love the fact that you know what you're saying is like prioritizing what's important right and um asking for help Right. Because a lot of times we have a tendency to be like, oh, I got it on my own. I don't, you know, I can do it just under there. And again, that is not true. Like we don't have to do it by ourselves. So I listen, I understand that the shouting out to the husbands who are helpful, the your village, your tribe, all of those people who are we like, can somebody pick the kids up? Cause I got X, Y, and Z to do. Like all of those things matter so that we so so that you're able to fully walk in your purpose and do exactly what it is that you are meant to do so that is that is amazing awesome 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 um so even in so when we were talking about um the practical things for your self-doubt and for what it is that you're doing um do you have any advice for anybody who is in just kind of in a space of like really trying to get to that place who is um yeah, any any advice for anybody if they're literally haven't gotten to a place where they can actually talk themselves through those moments? Um, if you had to think back to where you were before, um, what what piece of advice would you give somebody who is currently in their self doubt like bubble? So the biggest advice I would give is to sit in it. Number one, mm, like, mm, you mm. have to acknowledge it like for you you can't fix what you don't acknowledge right yes so you have to acknowledge that this is i am having these these feelings or these experiences and then two is figuring out the root cause of it because the root cause most of the time is judgment Mm. and like being afraid that somebody's going to say something see something say you know whatever and and the reality is they're going to talk regardless right yes so (laughs) so so sitting in it acknowledging what the root cause of it is. Maybe it isn't judgment. Maybe it's something else. Um, And then understanding that you need to give yourself grace. Like you're not just, nobody is even like the, the people that are the biggest 
whatever in their field, they still suffer from self-doubt. It's yeah. a natural feeling. Yeah. It just, just comes with it. And the, those that succeed are those the, are those that can acknowledge it, accept it, and then move on. Yeah. The key is moving on. You sit in it, but don't sit in it too long. Like my old manager said, go outside, cry it out, and then come back in here and do what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. I, you know, the thing about it is that during, you know, in this process and, you know, we've talked about slang self-doubt being a, an action, right? Like slang, cause that's a continuous thing. Like you are every day, you're slaying something, some part of that self-doubt that will come back up. And so I think it's important. The first thing you said is that you have to sit in it, right? Like you really have to admit to yourself that that is something that you're struggling with. And I, I love that you said it's the judgment, right? Because, a lot of times it isn't a, we, we know it's not about us. It's about whether or not someone else outside of us is going to ac- accept it. Right. It's mm-hmm. the seeking of validation. Like, no, you're on the right track. No, you're doing it, you know, doing the right thing. But even if you're seeking that you're then doing it for the wrong reasons. Cause if they tell you, no, then you're going to alter your plans. And that's not what you got. You have to stay in your own lane, do what it is that you are supposed to do and mind your business. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I tell people. Mind your um thank you so much Kai for sharing your journey with us and being with us today so how can people connect with you if they want to reach out to you about if they have a nonprofit, they want to reach out to you and let you know they want to do a partnership or if they want to purchase something or just get to know a little bit more about you Sure. So from a business side, you can, if you are a nonprofit or know a nonprofit, or if you just want to reach out and and you just have questions, I'm an open book. I don't mind sharing my experiences and even resources because I feel like in this industry, there's not enough of that happening. Um, yes. but you, can, you can email me at hello at fifthandwellshire.com um, spelled out. Um, or you can DM me, message me on Instagram at fifth and that's five th and wellshire. Um, that's on the business front. And then on the personal front, if you want to just see what I'm about personally, you can hit me up on Instagram at O that and it's O H that Kai, um, on Instagram. Yay. Thank you so much, Kai. I truly appreciate it. I I love being able to talk to different women and just hear their stories, hear their journey and it, it is it is power in you know we said it a couple of times on here but like saying stuff out loud and it is power in telling your story um because then you're reminded like how far you've actually come you know what I mean and mm-hmm. that is something that is, is something to be proud about it is something to that sometimes we need to hear for ourselves like dang I did used to think like that dang I yeah. used to feel that way and now I can you know use my story to uplift and empower somebody else so thank you so much Thank you for having me, Felicia. This has been such a pleasure. I'm such a fan. Oh, thank you. Ooh, I got a fan, y'all. <laughs> all right, y'all. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Remember to head over to Facebook and Instagram and follow me at Slain Self Doubt. Oh, wait, don't forget, go to my YouTube channel and watch this episode. And remember to press the subscribe button. Until next week, see ya. From Friday night football to the county fair, from picnics in the park to hometown parades, from big cities to small towns, we are proud to serve our communities. 
Last year, we volunteered 19,000 hours and donated $5 million to local charities. Because lending a hand to a neighbor and investing in the people and places around us is the right thing to do. We are Park National Bank, and we are proud to serve you. Member FDIC.